Welcome back to Sports Life Balance. We are the only sports team that was founded by women, is funded by majority women, and is run by majority women. So my two partners are absolutely incredible women. Natalie Portman, the actress and activist, and Karen Nortman, who's a venture capitalist. Um, and they had this idea of, hey, we want to stop talking about the problem of pay equity in women's sports. We want to stop talking about the fact that the U.S. women's national team drive the most attention, the most awareness, the most viewership. You know, they had the largest kit sale in August of 2019 of any Nike jersey. We want to stop talking about the problem and we wanted to have a seat at the table to address the problem head on. And that's when they brought me on board, which is to say, if we really want to drive equity for women and give these athletes what they deserve, we're going to make it happen. And we're not going to wait for other people to do it. And we're going to invest because we know the returns will be there. And then we're going to continue to build upon that and open our playbook so that others can follow. Introducing the co-founder and president of Angel City Football Club, Julie Ehrman, as she describes how the pioneering women's professional soccer team was formed. I'm John Moffitt, and welcome to Sports Life Balance. And as always, thanks for joining us. Julie played Division I college basketball, but spent the majority of her career as an entertainment, tech, and gaming executive. That is, until Angel City came calling. Icons of film, television, sports, and business invested alongside the founding trio, launching the ACFC's first season in 2022. They finished just one spot out of the playoffs, but it's the team's game-changing accomplishments off the pitch that are even more impactful. 10% of every sponsorship dollar goes back to work in local Los Angeles communities, providing essentials to families, breaking down barriers to resources and opportunities, and empowering kids to pursue their dreams. It's this mission that makes Angel City Football Club so unique, to not only win games and turn a profit, but to also change the sport of women's soccer. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today on Sports Life Balance. My pleasure. Happy to be here. I um. I've got to. I've got to have full full disclosure here. My wife and I are proud season ticket owners of Angel City Football Club. So it's great to be talking to you from right here in the headquarters. Well, I'll allow you to stay now. <laughs> so knowing that, you know, we're in good company. <laughs> well, well, and I'll try to be impartial, but I can't guarantee because I've had such a good time. My wife and I have had such a good time at Amazing. the games. So I can't. I Love can't to wait, hear that. I can't wait to dig in for season two. Um, you know, despite both of my wife, both my wife and I, we were athletes. We met in college. Um, we were never really interested in buying season tickets for any of the sports franchises here in Los Angeles. Um, but for whatever reason, Angel City, your message, it caught my eye. Um, I guess it's combined with women's sports. I've got a daughter who just finished her collegiate career. Mm, my congrats. wife, yeah, thanks. My wife was a, my wife was an athlete throughout college and it really made me want to become part of it. What, what is that unique spin that you, that I, I that you think I reacted to a year, a little over a year ago when I decided to pull the trigger? No, I'm thrilled to hear that. And I'm going to tell my team that's that our messaging worked. I mean, we really approached Angel City differently. We didn't look at it from a perspective of just building a football club. This was on the heels of the women winning the World Cup in 2019, you know, following the beginning of the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, the U.S. Women's National Team, striving for pay equity against U.S. soccer. So we knew that we were building Angel City at a time where if built correctly, we could have a bigger impact on the sport, a bigger impact for female athletes, um, and really hopefully change the game for how people invest in 
and support women's sports. And so we wanted to build Angel City to be bigger than the game. Um, we came from a perspective of purpose that in order to build a strong connection with our community, in order to truly affect pay equity for women athletes, we needed to lead with purpose mm -hmm. and to create a mission that would bring this community together that ultimately would support a team on the pitch regardless of when they won or lost. That would allow us to create the biggest spectacle in sports in Los Angeles because you wanted to go and have a good time in addition to seeing the best professional athletes play a game um, where they are the best in the world. And then lastly, where you knew that your involvement in this club would have a direct and immediate and hopefully sustainable impact on our community to afford greater access to sports for those underrepresented or to provide coaching to um, female coaches or provide a pathway for former athletes to get back into the sport. Mm -hmm. So we wanted you to know that supporting Angel City just meant so much more and that your individual support could actually have impact. Well, it's, so it it's good to know. No, no, no. That's, that's really good. But, you know, on, on the other hand, too, I had a number of friends, many of which, many of whom are lifelong football soccer fans, like go to World Cups and things like that. But there was a hesitation um, last year. But with the first season, I think your proof of concept was proven. Are you, are you seeing a, an uptick in demand? For, I know you have... 14, yeah, I mean, yeah, last year was incredible. We sold nearly 16,000 season tickets. Wow. Um, we have a 90% re return rate for this year, and the sales are still coming to come, st still coming through as we continue to refine our roster. You know, the 90% return rate is huge. It's one of the highest in the market of any sport that we've heard of. Um, but just the fact alone that last year we sold on average 19,000 tickets per game. We had four sellouts at the Bank of California, now called BMO Stadium, which seats 22,000. Yeah. We, to your point, created a message that really resonated and fans showed up. Yeah, yeah. And I can only imagine that there's going to be man more, more fans wanting to show up um, in the next season. Um, I want to go back a little bit. Um, I, I love origin stories. And, and of course, Angel City is, is a bit of an orange, uh, origin story because last season was the first season and you're one of the founders. Um, but I also would like to find out a bit about you and, and what your upbringing was. And, and you grew up here in Los Angeles, didn't you? Correct. Yep. Born and raised. Born and raised. How did that influence you in creating a, um, like a, a soccer football uh, franchise here in your hometown? Yeah. I mean, I'm an athlete too. I played basketball growing up and played in college. Um, have, I'm a lifelong USC fan of season tickets um, to all the football games. So I think I knew what excellence was. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a city of champions, whether it's the Dodgers or the Lakers or the Kings or the Galaxy and now recently LAFC. So I have seen and participated in what winning culture looks like, what uh, winning yeah. teams look like. And then you pair that with LA being the entertainment capital of the world, right? How do you build a product, an event that's going to gather everyone's attention and create an incredible sense of FOMO if you're not there? Yeah. And, and it was Angel City was founded by three women. And um, that's pretty unique. I'm, I'm assuming, confirm, are, are there any other sports franchises that you know of that are founded by a group of, of three women completely at the top? Yeah. I mean, we are the only sports team that was founded by women, is funded by majority women, and is run by majority women. So 
my two partners that you talk about are you know absolutely incredible women natalie portman the actress and activist mm-hmm. and karen nortman who's a venture capitalist um, and they had this idea of, hey, we want to stop talking about the problem of pay equity in women's sports. We want to stop talking about the fact that the U.S. women's national team drive the most attention, the most awareness, the most viewership. You know, they had the largest kit sale in August of 2019 of any Nike jersey. Really? And the fact, yeah, really. Wow. And I mean, you you know, and you see it pay it forward with the Euros yeah. most recently. And even, you know, yesterday's news in the World Cup um, for women, uh, the Women's World Cup that's coming in. This summer, where the home opener was moved from a stadium that seats something like 42,000 to a stadium that seats 82,000 because right. the demand for tickets for Australia and Ireland is so high. Um, but Natalie and Kara decided that we wanted to stop talking about the problem and we wanted to have a seat at the table mm. to address the problem head on. And that's when they brought me on board, which is to say, if we really want to drive equity for women and give these athletes what they deserve you know, we're going to make it happen and we're not going to wait for other people to do it. And we're going to invest because we know the returns will be there. And then we're going to continue to build upon that and open our playbook so that others can follow. Well, bravo on that. Um, let's talk about game day, something that um, I have had the pleasure to been able to experience. Oh, I think it was, I think I was made eight or eight of the 10 home matches. That's Some, incredible. Something like that. Yeah. Thank you. Super, super fun. Um, but Angel City also um, uses celebrities in a, in a very unique way. Um, I remember the inaugural game where Julie Foudy like introduced everybody to the three clap, which is three claps in a what like a, uh, uh, yeah, yeah right I mean, right yeah. And, and it's a lot of fun um, and it's a, you know it's a great start of of a tradition. Um, you know the the cameras often will cut to celebs and athletes and such in the audience. You know and everybody will cheer um, and. And I remember one in particular, it just cracked me up because it showed that there's like a, a, like a deep humanity and sense of humor that goes along with the seriousness of yeah. creating a team. And that was, that was when Jennifer Garner at halftime had a little Tupperware <laughs> filled with, with sliced oranges and gave them out to the players. And any of us that are parents or, right. I, well, I went to AYSO. I remember it's like, it's just, it was such a great moment that sort of like captivated everybody, all 20 something thousand people in the stadium. Yeah. No, I think um, you bring up an important point, which is, and you said it earlier, we're founded by three women. We have a majority female ownership group. Mm-hmm. Um, our ownership group has a large number of celebrities and athletes. And the reason for that fundamentally was because they got the message at the beginning. We had a hard time raising money from traditional investors, from private equity investors. They didn't understand that Angel City wanted to be an organization where mission and capital could coexist, where we could drive to profitability, but also do impact at the same time. We got a lot of questions like, well, are we a charity or are we a 501c3? Like they didn't understand that you could do both. And we did. And when we started talking to different types of people, we realized that Athletes and celebrities have platforms. Mm -hmm. They leverage that platform to drive attention awareness for whatever movie they're releasing or whatever match they're about to play in, but also whatever cause they care about. So they saw that having a platform that you could use for both good and profit, you know, is kind of the way it's done today. They didn't question that. So the result of that was... Abby Wambach, you know, Mia Hamm, Julie Foudy, Billie Jean King, Eva Longoria, Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Garner, wow. Uzo Duba, America Ferrara, 
Sophia Bush, Sophia um, Lily Singh, like the number, the names go on and on yeah. because they're huge supporters in driving equity for women. Some of them are huge supporters in women's soccer and have mm-hmm. never actually had a seat at the table to affect not only the strategy, but have a financial stake right. in the sport that they built. Um, and then lastly, understood that they could use their popularity and celebrity and platforms to drive attention and awareness for Angel City to allow us the ability to tell our message mu- to a much larger audience. And so um, we have, you know, 60 plus investors of that kind. They are, you know, crucial to building that attention awareness for Angel City so we can do the great things that we do. And we're fortunate that it's not just a check. They love coming to the games. They Mm -hmm. love the players. They love promoting our partners and sponsors. They love coming to our community events. They love coming to our impact events. And so when they're at the stadium and we highlight them, it's twofold. One, it's really to thank them. Like we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for them believing in us Mm -hmm. early because, again, the traditional money didn't. Um, But it's also because if you see an Abby Wambach or you see a Gabby Union and a Dwayne Wade, right, or if you see – you know, a Lily Singh at a sporting event, you you might feel like you're missing out on something. Like yeah. if they're there, it's the same thing that happened in the 1980s when Jack Nicholson would sit courtside at the Laker games. Yeah. You'd go to the games to either see Magic or to see who Jack brought, right? <laughs> well, we've got a bunch of Jacks coming to our games because they believe in what we're doing and there are people out there that are going to come to see what they brought. And if I can get you to a match, I believe I can bring you back to another one. Yeah, that that's that's those are some those are some great points. I didn't think about it in those terms. There, it's also a, a, like a, a thank you for for their involvement. Um, you, I, I urge any of the listeners to go look at the AngelCity.com website and and look at the um, look at the look at the investors and just it's it's a great who's who of of people who believe in in this whole movement of ACFC. Thank you. Um, and you know another thing too is in, and it's something that I love because I've worked in entertainment most of my professional life. Um, and that's the storytelling hmm. aspect of it. And you're also you're a storyteller. You're you you have a background in, in entertainment, in tech, gaming um, and and but also anybody involved in the entertainment business is also a storyteller. Um, what role does does that storytelling play with uh, Angel City, with the players and the games, et cetera? Yeah, it's it's front and center, um, all the way from you know our origin from day one. So from a practical purpose, the first person I hired at Angel City was our head of PR, because we need to tell and share the story of Angel City. We also recognize that women are better storytellers than men, and we see that everywhere. We see that on social. We see that on television. We see that at play whenever they're speaking. They're better storytellers. You pair that with the fact that these athletes in the National Women's Soccer League, professional women's soccer players, have transcended the sport. They are cultural icons. You look at Megan Rapino and mm-hmm. Alex Morgan and Kristen Press. You know, you even look at like a Sue Bird and a Candace Parker, right? Yeah. You know who they are above and beyond the sport that they play. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that by telling stories. So if we're going to launch a new club here in Los Angeles, we want to start from telling the stories of first and foremost, who is our community? What do they stand for? What does Angel City stand for? And then who are our players? Because if you can create an emotional connection with our players, you are going to come and support this club. Our players have greater followings, right, than the our team. It certainly have greater followings than the NWSL. Um, and at the end of the day, we believe and have since day one, that fandom has fundamentally changed. Where you used to be, hey, 
I love baseball, mm-hmm. right? And I live in New York, so I'm a Yankees fan, right? Yeah. And then I don't follow baseball. It's a horrible way to start this example. Whoever <laughs> your, your leading pitcher is, I'm a fan of his, right? Because right. he plays for right. the Yankees and he plays for baseball and I care about baseball. But today I, we believe the world is different. We believe you follow players first. I love Kristen Press. Full stop. Kristen Press plays in Utah. I'm going to cheer for Utah. But if Kristen Press moves to L.A., I am still a Kristen Press fan, but now I'm an Angel City football fan. Mm -hmm. And now I start watching games. Well, hey, I'm a fan of the NWSL, but it's different. So if fans are creating the connection first with the players, then we need to tell the players stories because I've got 28 players that you can get to know and fall in love with, which is 20 different avenues into Angel City versus one, which is starting with Angel City. Yeah. Wow. Great, great examples. Um, you know, I was, I was there for uh, Angel City's uh, inaugural game, and it was against North Carolina Courage. And I'm up in the Founders Club. And Amazing. You, you actually, you, you actually... You saw me running around? Yes, I see you running around. I'm always and, running around. And so, yeah, it just, I just remember it was halftime. Yeah. And I know um, like Sue Inquist and a bunch of your friends uh, yeah. were there. And, and you came up and you came roaring through, you know, the area. And, and you were up 1-0, I believe, at, at halftime. 2-0. Was it 2-0? Yeah. And you were just alight with, like your eyes were just, I, I remember just catching your eye for just a moment. And I've often thought about so much work, so much vision, so much effort went into that day, that day that you would be someday, you know, off into the future, standing on the pitch. Does this machine work? Yeah. Yes, it's working. What were you, what was going through your mind at, at that moment? When we were up 2-0 at halftime, truly, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we did it. Right? Yeah. I mean, to your point, it was two years of building something that we, you know, hoped would come to life, but we didn't know if it would. Like, Walking into the home opener, we had three goals. One was to sell it out, which Mm -hmm. is within my control, so to speak. Uh, The second was to get global national attention on the sold-out game for Angel City, the Mm -hmm. new team, which is also something within my control. Uh, The third goal was to win. And not only is that not within my control, but it's really hard for expansion teams to win you know, one game, let alone the home opener, where everybody's paying attention and everybody is coming. We went through the preseason tournament, the Challenge Cup, where we didn't look so hot. You know, we, I think, won, we won one game. I think we tied a game and lost the rest. Um, I've to put it out of my, my memory. Um, but we <laughs> didn't enough. look so hot. So walking into that game against North Carolina, which has won the most games in the league and the most championships in the yeah. league, was incredibly daunting. Uh, Having said that, I never thought we'd lose that game. And um, at, it was just, to your point, it's like when all of the hard work pays off, mm-hmm. when you know that you've given absolutely everything and you have done absolutely everything you can do, and to have everybody, every single person in the organization deliver from my ticketing team to my sponsorship team to my player care team to my coach to my players, to have every single person do their best and then have the results be, you know, a 2-0 halftime, a 2-1 win. Um, it was, it was, it was just magical and, you know, somewhat speechless. Um, and I think really, you know, a sign of what's possible from Angel City. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some more Sports Life Balance. I want to tell you about our loyal partner, Roca. I've been using their wetsuits and goggles and swimsuits for many years. And the reason is simple. 
because they design and manufacture the best gear you can buy. And Roka also makes amazing eyeglasses and sunglasses. They're handmade in Austin, Texas, and they're designed for those of us who like to push the limits and maybe want to look good doing it. In fact, I own a few pairs myself. They're feather light, and they don't slip off my face no matter what I'm doing. And you can try them on at home. Roka will send you your choice of four frames. See how they look on your face? And then you pick your favorite. And if you need prescription glasses as I do, just send your prescription to Roka with your online order, and they'll customize the lenses for you. So go to roca.com, that's R-O-K-A.com, and enter discount code SLB, as in Sports Life Balance. That's just three letters, SLB, to save 20% on all your orders. And that's for anything on their website. Enjoy your new gear. And we're back with more Sports Life Balance. And to have everybody, every single person in the organization deliver from my ticketing team to my sponsorship team to my player care team to my coach to my players, to have every single person do their best and then have the results be, you know, a 2-0 halftime, a 2-1 win. Um, it was it was, it was, was just magical and, you know, somewhat speechless. Um, and I think really you know, a sign of what's possible from Angel City. We're always going to push the bar. We are always going to strive for the highest possible goals. And when we click, I know we'll achieve them. And and this is just a, a perfect example of what I've strived for in interviewing for Sports Life Balance, you know, life-enhancing lessons from sports. This is a perfect example. It's not just about sports. It's about life. It's about creating effort and creating, you know, creating something that will ultimately fulfill Maybe a dream, maybe you won't get there right away, but you're giving it your all. And I just love that. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that story. Let's talk about your home, formerly Bank of California Stadium. It's uh, recently changed its name to BMO. Yes, my, my home hasn't changed. The name has the, changed. The name has changed. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the stadium. Still the stadium. So, but hereby known as BMO Stadium rather yes. than the bank. Um, it's such a gorgeous venue. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, LAFC, LAFC and their ownership groups built an incredible stadium that it's just wonderful to watch to watch soccer. Yeah. Every seat is fantastic. Um, the flow is amazing, and it's also just geographically desirable for the city. It's easily accessible yes. by public transportation. Uh, despite the expense, there is parking available. Um, so that location does help us for yeah. sure be successful and attract. A fan base that we're excited that is you know representative of all of Los Angeles, um, and a fan base that's willing to you know fight through rush hour traffic to come and watch us play. Yeah, yeah, and I take I take the the metro, which train. is amazing. It's, it is. So I've taken amazing. it many times. It is literally amazing. It's, Everybody should take the metro. It's twenty minutes. Literally, it's, it's so great. I love it. I love yeah. it too. And we need to we need to plug that as well as a yes, great way to get to I love the games. Um, your fans are very very active. <laughs> You've got some rabid fans. In fact, you have pregame parties. Um, I've, I'm I actually do. blanking what you're. What you call we call it. it a fan fest. That's it. Yeah. Um, it usually opens about three hours before our match, and then our supporters groups. We have six supporter groups. They also do an incredible tailgate, which could start like 7 a.m. for a 7 p.m. Yeah. game. We see on average three to four thousand fans attend the fan fest, and that fan fest is just another extension of Angel City to create an experience. Right. Our partners create an experience. We create an experience. We have entertainment and music and events. It's really just to bring people together to create that sense of community, allow you to spend time with your friends and connect mm -hmm. with Angel City, and you know get pumped before we take the pitch. Yeah, and it's it's in the another thing I love is it's it's in the uh, it's in the shadow of the um, Memorial Coliseum. 
The, yeah, the, the uh, location's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 a, it's a very special location. Um, yeah, you mentioned the really engaged supporter groups. Um, how, do, how exactly do they work, and why are they so important to, to, to Angel City? And, you know, the, the north end of the stadium is filled with flags and drums and chanting. It's really fun. Yeah, I mean, they really create the energy and vibe for our games. Um, supporter groups are really unique to soccer. Uh, they don't really exist in the NFL, the NBA, MLB, right. NHL, our traditional sports. I really think of them as the ultra fan. I mean, they are committed to Angel City, committed to our values, mm-hmm. and feel a purpose to support the club, support the players, and to draw attention and awareness for this great sport and do it in a fun, joyful, sort of um, communal aspect. To your point, they'll spend hours making flags and TIFOs. They write their own songs. They drum and sing throughout the the game. So they create this environment for the players, really showing them their support. You know, we um, are thrilled. I mean, we have the largest number of supporters um, for a team in the NWSL with six. Um, Each one of them is uniquely different, but what we come together for is supporting Angel City. They come to our community events and impact events. We join them in theirs, but it's just a different, deeper level um, to connect Um, as a community. I mean, if you're a huge soccer fan and you love Angel City, it becomes your social group, Mm -hmm. but they're integral to creating the environment in the stadium to scare our opponents, to support (laughs) Our team members. I mean, they are integral, and we they they hopefully cover the entire north end of our stadium, mm-hmm. which is where you know we're looking at all times when the ball goes in the back of the net, right? Um, so we have the best supporters in in the world, and um, they're just integral to our success. An anecdote of, of what you're trying to accomplish. It became very clear uh, when I brought my daughter to a, a home game. She, she just graduated from college. She was an athlete, as mm-hmm. as I said, in college. And I'm not sure what she was expecting, um, but when she walked into the stadium, her face lit up, mm. and and she she like said to me, "It's like this is so cool. <laughs> this is like a professional team of women, yeah. And there's girls and their families and their parents and their brothers. And and that moment and seeing her light up and that resonate with her immediately, it was just crystal clear. Yeah, it's um. I think people are surprised when they walk into an Angel City game for the first time because it is what they have become used to in walking into a men's professional sporting event. Yeah. Like you don't walk into a men's game, you don't walk into an NFL match or a basketball game or even college football and say, oh, this is better than I expect. Like you don't even think about the experience because it's sold out and it's loud and everyone's wearing the merch and everyone's cheering. Like you don't even really think about the experience because it's so normal like it's just it's been yeah it's been that way for decades right so you may see that experience or you may have felt that experience if you go to a national team game Mm -hmm. but you really haven't felt it for women and so to walk into the bank of california and see what we believe is the most diverse fan base in any sport Mm -hmm. you know in the u.s to your point, families of sons and daughters, men, women, old, young, every nationality, wearing Angel City kits. Um, our goal was, again, to drive to equity for these women and say, you deserve the expectation mm-hmm. that you experience going to any other event. And the reality is that's men. But what's going to be very different is you're going to feel safe. 
You're going to feel secure. You're going to be able to be your authentic selves. You can hold whomever's hands you want. You can act mm-hmm. any, you know, any way you mm-hmm. want. Like this is going to feel like a sense of family. You're going to create a sense of belonging. And in addition, we are also going to show you a sold out crowd where people are wearing kits and it's loud and it's fun and it's exciting. The women deserve this. And we were going to create that, uh, that experience for our players. It's, it is it is quite an ex- experience and, and just kind of more below the the, the surface level um, you know you're, you you've said it's so much more than just about the game and about about yeah. the team um, and it's more than just equity in sports you have many causes that you support in our local communities um, and you're also com- contributing some money to those local communities yeah give me give me some specifics and and how much are you able to contribute to um the local communities that are the supporters of the team yeah well this is now my favorite part of this podcast so when we built angel city we wanted to build an organization where mission and capital could coexist where when we made decisions we did not have to sacrifice impact Mm. for profit we recognize and, and are unapologetic about the fact that we need revenue to drive the machine. We need revenue to pay our players. We need revenue to grow the visibility of the sport. And we need revenue to drive impact. Yeah. With impact, we can draw attention and awareness and we can better the community that will also bring in money because now you want to support the impact. Yeah. So they, they both support each other. Therefore, we do both at the same time. So we've done that a number of different ways. The most powerful way that you speak to is that we launched the Angel City sponsorship model, okay. where 10% of our sponsorship dollars goes back into the community. That is so effective because when we talk to our partners, we actually value the assets and the product that they get at a level that we believe women's sports deserves. So the result of that was in 2022, we put a little over a million dollars back to work in the community. We worked with 29 different partners and we attacked different partners from the perspective of how can we strive to equity, how can we provide essentials that kids need, and how can we educate and grow the sport. Um, The numbers are pretty staggering. In partnership with DoorDash, we delivered over five, sorry, over 485,000 meals. In partnership with Sprouts Farmers Market, we distribute over 1 million pounds of fresh produce and we weeded and planted eight community gardens at eight LAUSD schools. With Caterade, we trained 70 female coaches and we coached over 5,000 youth players with Yamava and Gatorade. We gave out 1,500 soccer balls. We gave out 22,000 sports bras. So for every person that bought a ticket to an Angel City game in partnership with Nike, we gave out a sports bra because the number one reason young girls stop playing sports is because they can't afford one. So we went to solve that problem with Nike, at least here in our local communities. We've packed over 2,000 essential kits in our partnership with DoorDash. And then with Birdies, we created an internship program with six high school students. So they have the opportunity to intern with both Angel City and Birdies and learn about entrepreneurship, women in leadership, and and sort of how to build a sports team. Um, And literally, those are just some examples. Um, But that's where you really feel the difference. And that's just through impact with our partners. At a, at a corporate level, we launched um, the Angel City Player 22 Fund, where we created a grant system where former retired 
women's professional soccer players can apply to our fund to continue to develop their education in sports, to go back into sports. So they could become a broadcaster, a lawyer, or learn to have my job as a president. But we wanted women who've left the game, who built the game, to be able to come back to the game if they wanted. We saw the benefit of that by having 14 former U.S. Women's National Team members as our owners. So we wanted to open that up. We raised over $100,000 in 2022 with this fund, uh-huh. and we're starting to launch it and put it to work this February. Um, by way of example, we've done things with Common Goal. Um, we've launched an anti-racist project. We've launched a program called Play Proud, which addresses LGBTQ um, support and issues within soccer. Um, so we are constantly trying to give back to the community that we are part of mm-hmm. to make it more accessible for youth um, and to provide our community the essentials that they need so that they can play. I know awesome. it's a lot. No, yeah, no, no. It's it's it's, it's, it's really but awesome. It's what and we're most excited about, and I think it's what makes us the most different. We want to not only have a positive impact, a positive lasting impact yeah. in our community, but then on the pitch, provide our players the experience that their male counterparts get, and then to provide our fans an experience that is no different than what they already experience. In fact, better, so that they will keep coming back and tell their friends to come. Great. It's so cool. I love it. I love being a little teeny part of it. And uh, Well, a lot of you make it, so thank you. <laughs> well, I, I, read, I, I read that um, you also, you have three pillars, equality, essentials, and education. And early on, in, to inform you of how to go about doing this, you partnered, and maybe that's the wrong word, but with LA84 Foundation, which is a, a, an organization very, very near and dear to my heart, as mm. obviously an 84 Olympian. Um, But, you know, for listeners that don't know what it is, the LA84 Foundation, it's the proceeds of the profits from the 1984 Olympic Games. Um, And they use that money to flow back into our communities through mostly youth sports. Explain to me how you worked with Renata and I'm sure Oscar Delgado and all the good people over there to sort of like launch this ACFC mission in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um we're huge supporters of the LA 84 foundation and Renata Simrel who runs it is one of a kind. She's exceptional. Um, they are actually really critical to how we thought about impact, um, and how we brought it to life. So very early on, we're in the living room of Natalie Portman's house, myself, Kara Nortman and Natalie. And we're talking about how mission is going to be core to angel city, Mm -hmm. how it's going to be part of our DNA from the beginning. And I remember being really excited about that conversation, but walking out of the house thinking, I have no idea how to do that. Mm. Like I've never been part of an organization where mission was at its core. That was also striving to be profitable. Right. I've done, um, you know, events with companies I've worked for, right? Like beach cleanups and we've had our community days, but it's usually a day on the calendar once a year, right? It's not how you make decisions when you're also trying to balance the fact that you need to drive revenue and you're not profitable and you probably won't be profitable for three to five years, right? So I remember walking out of the house thinking, that's amazing. I have no idea how to do that. Um, A couple um, weeks later, we got introduced to Renata Simrel. Mm-hmm. And so I set up a meeting. Uh, so Natalie Portman and I met with Renata and we sat in her office at the LA84 Foundation, right. which is an incredible building that has a ton of memorabilia from the games. Um, it's pretty incredible. And we told Renata this idea that we're going to build, we're going to bring a women's professional soccer team to LA. We're going to lead with impact. 
And we wanted to be quarter of our DNA. And then I looked at her and I said, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And she said, well, you're lucky because we do. Yeah. And she literally said, let us be your partner and help you understand the landscape of LA so you can determine how you want to provide the most impact. So we literally, I literally said yes, because I needed a partner in crime. We then had a Zoom where Renata brought, I think, 20 or 30 different organizations within Los Angeles that support sport, usually you know, youth sports or access. And we just got to speak to the leaders of all these different organizations to also understand not only what they do, but what they need. And from that conversation, from those conversations, we sort of developed this platform of equity essentials in education. We identified partners that sort of fit in those buckets. We partnered with Renata to help facilitate those conversations. And then we have built you know, a fairly large team within Angel City led by Catherine Davila, who's incredible, that works with these organizations to provide the impact that actually benefits them. So it's not what we think they need, but it's really finding out what they need, figuring out how we can aid, and then working with our partners to say, hey, you know what? You care about food insecurity, DoorDash? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? We have a great partnership with, you know, with the Downtown Women's Shelter or or the All People's um, Organization, and we have a way to help you achieve your goals while achieving Angel City goals. And that is the other piece that's really unique to our partners is that they find a way to live their values through their partnerships with us. Yeah, and and kudos to you and the organization for A, these are great life lessons, knowing what you don't know. Yep. And, And B, asking. Asking for help. You know, yep. so, so many of us are, are hesitant to just like say, hey, listen, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Yeah. And I would say the third thing of that life's life and it's collaboration. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get so much more done working with others and also leveraging their expertise. It's so much harder for me to become an expert of something that somebody already else is. Like, let me learn from you. Right. Let me work with you. Yeah. And then ultimately... I will learn something that I can hopefully, you know, build upon as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've been curious about something that I want to ask you, um, and and that is why why do you think now that you're at an educated perch of the of of women's uh, soccer, professional soccer, why is it why did it take so long to get a um, a women's professional soccer team here in Los Angeles? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to answer this question. First of all, there was. Um, at the WPS, there was the LA Soul. Mm. Um, lasted about a year. Right. You know, so this is the third iteration of professional soccer. You know, this is, I guess, the second team in LA. Um, but part of it is timing. Yeah. I mean, I think the timing is really right for women's sports, specifically women's soccer, to explode, given the continued success of the U.S. Women's National Team. You know, you saw it with the the Euros this past summer. You're seeing it again with the sales in the World Cup. You're seeing it with sold-out stadiums, not here in L.A. um, as part of the NWSL, but you're seeing, you know, Camp Nou being sold out multiple times, which is where Barcelona women play. You've seen it being sold out in the WSL in England. So part of it is... There's just enough people with a seat at the table who are willing to invest without looking Mm -hmm. at the performance of the past as you determine it for what decisions you make and saying, you know what, there is an audience here. This product is incredible. um, And we're going to invest and tell the story so that you will come. And then making sure that, you know, media is talking about it and broadcast is carrying it. And it doesn't hurt that 
social media is now a direct connection between players and fans and teams and fans where if the media isn't showing up and if the broadcast partners aren't showing up, I can still find out what Kristen Press is doing because I follow her on social media. And that is helping us as well right now. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks for filling me in on those details. I mean, it, it, it's just still one of those things that a lot of people wonder about. Um, I think it was a lot of their hesitancy to ju- to dive right in for the first season as well. But I'm glad I did. You have, I, I counted the, on the roster, you have many, many of your team who are native Angelinos. I count seven of your 2023 squad that are either from L.A. or went to college in L.A. Is, is that, imp- I mean, you're obviously from L.A. as well. Is that important to the DNA of the team? as well? Yeah, I mean, there's, um, when we think about building a roster, we think about building a diverse roster. And Mm -hmm. of course it is, it starts with skill set, experience, right? Veteran players, national team players, rookies that you can develop and grow. And, you know, so you certainly look at it from the beginning from like, how can we win on the pitch? But we also think about diversity as far as experiences playing in other leagues. We have national team players from Japan and Canada and Jamaica and New Zealand. So that was a factor. We also wanted to build a roster um, that was representative of the community, representative of LA, you know, um, Katie Johnson joined us this year, who's, you know, a, um, a Mexican-American right. who went, and also went to USC, which is a bonus. Um, and I would say the, the last lens to your question is, yes, like we love Southern California players because, again, if you're storytelling and you're leveraging their fan base, if they went to USC or they went to Harvard-Westlake, right, that fan base, and I mentioned Harvard-Westlake because yes. our newest <laughs> signing, Alyssa Thompson, uh, the number one signing in the draft. Uh, is now um, a proud member of the Angel City Football Club team. Um, but it makes you know th- this community embrace us even more, which yeah. ultimately will drive attendance and drive excitement. So we look at performance, we look at different experiences, we look at diversity because we get smarter and better and learn more, and then we look at geographically mm-hmm. how can we leverage our community um, and, and highlight you know the best players in our backyard on Angel City Football Club. And, and, and you hit a little bit of a kind of national headlines where you mentioned Just Alyssa, you mentioned rookies and you mentioned Alyssa, um, who, who is still a senior in high school at Harvard Westlake here in, yes. in, in Los Angeles. It just in so many ways, like all the things we've talking about, it just seems like such a bullseye for the franchise and for the team and for the storytelling and for the fans. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't be more excited with than, than to um, get Alyssa Thompson. She, you know, has grown up in LA. She, she's a high school senior at Harvard Westlake. Um, she played for the U.S. Women's National Team uh, this fall in at Wembley Stadium against um, both the England National Team and then later against uh, the um, Spanish National Team. Um, but she's a force. She is probably unquestionably one of the best talents in women's football today. Um, and uh, we made sure that she knew that we were a place that we thought she could excel and grow. Um, and that if she wanted us, we would move heaven and earth to, uh, to bring her in. You got her. I love it. I love it. Can't wait to watch her play. To the mixed two of us. <laughs> so you're talking about diversity on, on the team. Um, and, and as a leader, you mentioned, you know, they've played on all different national teams. They're from all different countries, many obviously from, from Los Angeles. Um, but as a leader, you also foster team chemistry. You're not directly responsible necessarily, but it's a pivotal element to to winning games and having a functional team, but it is so elusive. 
as well. What do you do as a leader to really sort of foster that chemistry where they love each other? They don't have to be best friends. Right. I mean, first things first is we just have to create an environment for that to happen mm. where they can focus on their fellow teammates and can focus on building that culture. And that means providing the best coaching staff, the best medical and performance staff, and the best environment for them to train. Um, there were a lot of opportunities for improvement, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. from 2022. Just a lot we learned and a lot of challenges that we experienced and obstacles that we experienced. Um, and actually, the fortitude and the grit of this team looked past all of that. Um, providing the environment is important, but it's also recruiting the right you know, people and teams, you want to make sure that your team has leaders, yeah. right? That have veterans that have been in the league that have experienced a lot. So they can say like, yeah, this can be better or this is normal or come to us and say, how can you make this better? But I think the, the biggest factor in bringing these individuals together as a team this year was we were all bound by the greater purpose of Angel City. Mm -hmm. We were all... Um, buoyed by the level of community support and support of support that we were getting. Um, and we all felt like we had something to prove being an expansion team. Mm -hmm. You know, being a new team in a market, it's incredibly difficult to be successful in your first year. So I think before the Golden Knights, no expansion team has ever made the playoffs, let alone ever won a championship because you're bringing in 28 players that have never worked together. We have one player, June Endo, who didn't speak English in day one. And we have a translator. And what are the, you know, challenges that that creates not only in her understanding what the coach is saying and creating cohesion on the pitch but also just creating relationships yeah, yeah. right so i think the fact that we were the underdogs even though the light was shining on us so bright because we're angel city and all of our promises that we made in our celebrity ownership group and we're playing in la i think the fact that we wanted to defy all of the critics who say expansion teams can't be successful mm -hmm. You know, we finished the season one spot out of the playoffs. Right. We also experienced, I think, more injuries and sicknesses and illnesses than any other team in the NWSL. Kristen Press went down halfway through the season. We brought in Celine LaRue. She went down after two we, we, two games. Her injury was just um, worse than we anticipated. Um, we obviously dealt with COVID like so many others. Yep. Paige Nielsen had a, an, had a blood clot in her arm that resulted in a rib being removed in, in the first week of practice and, you know, a starting defender who, you know, took four months to come back. So despite all that adversity, this team came together and came so close. Um, and I attribute all of it to really the strength and the leadership of Allie Riley, our captain, mm -hmm. and just this entire team reminding us that, our goal and purpose is just bigger than the wins yeah. and we can have a win if it, even if it's not in the win column. Yeah. Yeah. And these, these women are role models. It's so much fun looking around the stadium and seeing the pockets of young fans. Yes. Many, many young girls who are just so excited to be there. Um, you know, I, I, I have to ask because my, my podcast is called sports life balance. So I, I always ask, you know, my guests, how they, how they manage, obviously you're, you're, your demands as a professional, as a sports executive with your life outside the pitch. How do you balance those things? Cause this is like so universal to yeah, all of us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, if you asked me that, if I, when I wasn't in sports, I'd have a lot of, I'd have an easier answer because I love sports. Mm. Like my life outside sports is sports, right? I'm watching sports or I'm taking my kids to their tournaments or their games. Yeah. Like sports is a big part of my life because it's something I enjoy. Yeah. Um, 
Angel City just makes it sweeter because there's a direct way that I can impact a sport, but also impact the world. We really want to bend the curve towards equity. We believe we're creating a cultural shift in how we're building Angel City and who our owners are and how we support our team and how we show up and how we unapologetically talk about our victories. Um, what we do is just bigger than the sport. And so um, I'm not sure I have much balance, but I'm at peace with that because I love what I do and mm -hmm. I love this team. And I have two kids. My daughter's 14. My son's 11. And what's been so incredible is that they are old enough to really understand what it is I do for a living. Yeah. But they're also old enough to see the impact, right, and, and, and understand why what I'm doing is so important on so many different yeah. sort of metrics. Um, and they're, you know, support and approval and joy um, just, you know, propels me even more. So um, it's a family affair. Yeah. It's a family affair. Uh, you know, we're all in and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something really special. Well, I hope you can sit back at times and uh, appreciate all the good things that Angel City has been able to accomplish. Um, Julie, I want to thank you for all the great work you're doing, of course, uh, but also for having uh, me here in, at, the, at the headquarters. And my wife and I and my family, we're really, really enjoying the ride. So keep up the good work. Thank you. And I can't wait to see you at our home opener this year. And I can't wait to see what, what we have in store for the 2023 <laughs> season. <laughs> so much. Thank you. Thank you. And a huge thanks to all of you for joining Julie Ehrman and me on Sports Life Balance. If you'd like to find out more about Angel City Football Club, their website is simply angelcity.com. And if you're curious about the National Women's Soccer League or would like to attend a game near you, I encourage you to check out nwslsoccer.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please give us your five-star review and do me a big favor and tell a friend. Until next time, be well, everyone. This was Sports Life Balance with John Moffat.